Hear now this reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Listen now for a word from our Lord. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things, and indeed your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. So this morning we continue our sermon series for Lent called In the Wilderness, talking about difficult issues in our spiritual lives and Today, we're taking on the issue of worry. Now, of all the living things that God created, we're the only ones that worry. And we worry about a lot of stuff, right? We worry about interest rates and the power grid and taxes and jobs and politics and health scares and relationships and marriages and, well, everything connected to our personal lives, like Parents worry about children, and children worry about parents. I mean, friends, it's no wonder that many of the best-selling nonfiction books through Amazon are about the things that we worry about the most. Relationships, health, change, and money. We worry, and we worry, and we worry. And then we worry about our worrying. And then we go and buy books about how to manage our worry. Good grief, friends. What is all this worrying about? Why do we worry so much? Well, in all frankness, I think it's about control. We human beings like to feel in control. In fact, if we feel out of control, it's scary to us. So we worry in an effort to exercise a modicum of control over what's happening in our lives. Think about it. Worry tends to come in one of two flavors. The first is worry that we think is actually controlling future outcomes, right? So we worry and worry and worry and we think then the bad thing won't happen. So I worry and worry and worry that I'm going to lose my job and I think somehow worrying about that will keep it from happening to me, right? Then there's the other kind of worry that we often couch in terms of preparation but is really about control. So we worry and worry and worry and imagine the worst case scenario, right? And then we think, well, that's going to help us be prepared. So I worry and worry and worry about losing my job and imagine that's going to happen and all the ways that's going to play out in my life. And then I think, well, 
then if it happens, all that worry will pay off and I will somehow be more prepared than I would have otherwise. So I'm gonna go ahead and just ask the obvious question. Is that stuff true? I mean, does it really work like that? If we worry and worry and worry about something that might happen, does that influence the future? Or if we worry and worry and worry, does imagining the worst case scenario really prepare us in case something adverse happens? In another church, I used to know a man who had had a heart attack when he was very young. And of course that's a terrible thing and it's scary, but he did recover and his doctors told him that if he engaged in lifestyle changes and took medication and checked in regularly that he should be okay. And as far as I could tell, he was. He seemed fine. But his wife was not. She worried endlessly that he would have another heart attack. So if he went to Walgreens and he was gone a little too long, she worried that he was in an ambulance on the way to the hospital that he'd had another heart attack at Walgreens. If they went on vacation, she worried the entire time that he would have some sort of cardiac event away from his doctors and then he would die. Or if he got sick, she worried and worried and worried that somehow the illness would affect his heart. Friends, she nearly worried herself to death. Did all that worrying about her husband's health affect it in any way? No. Did all that worrying about her husband's health prepare her in case something bad happened? I don't think so. But from the perspective of her pastor, it appeared to me that all that worrying did make her really miserable. She lived every day on the knife's edge. You see, friends, that's the terrible irony of excessive worry. We engage in it in a desperate attempt to control things, but what actually happens over time is the worry controls us. It's not surprising that the word anxiety comes from the Greek word anonke, which means throat. Anonke was the word the Greeks used for the yokes, the rings that went around the throats of slaves. We can see the metaphor here, right? We can draw out the parallel. Worry can get a chokehold on us. It can make us its slave. We think that we're engaging in worry, using it as a tool to control things, but it really controls us. It doesn't work at all. All worry does is rob us of our peace. So this is why Jesus, who loves us more than anything, urges us to stop worrying so much. He says, don't worry about your life, about what you'll eat or drink or wear. Don't worry about tomorrow. It'll have its own concerns, and today's troubles are enough for today. You see, Jesus wants us to understand that we can waste the gift of today, of the now, worrying endlessly about a future that we can't control. So he urges us to live mindfully today. 
to live fully in the now and the gift of today that God has given us. Because really, if you think about it, friends, today is all we have. Now is it, right? Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not yet realized. This is the gift we have right now. What a shame to waste this gift from God because we're endlessly thinking about yesterday or always worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, some years ago, I read an article in the New York Times, and when I read it, it was one of those articles that I thought, ah, this seems really familiar. I think I've read some version of the story like a dozen times. It was about an elderly man that lived in a neighborhood there in New York, and he was someone that people saw on the street all the time, usually wearing worn-out clothes on his back, shoes fallen apart, held together with duct tape. He often was seen pushing an old grocery cart. He would collect cans and bottles to recycle for a few cents, did a lot of dumpster diving, didn't seem to have a lot of relationships, didn't ever seem to leave the neighborhood really, just sort of engaged in these sort of penny-pinching activities. He lived in a tiny, run-down, walk-up apartment by himself with foil on the windows to keep the light out and the heat in to save a few pennies on electricity. And when he talked with people, most of the time what he talked about was his need to, to save more money, that he just didn't seem to have enough, and he was concerned about it. Well, then one day this man died, and the authorities went to clean out his tiny apartment and friends, I bet you can guess what they found. Almost a million dollars in cash squirreled away throughout that little apartment and in a box under his bed. That man had spent the bulk of his life so worried that he wouldn't have enough that he lived this barren, sad existence. He, he spent so many precious days so concerned, so worried, preparing for a future that never presented itself. My friends, that's what worry can do to us. If we let it, it can steal our life one day at a time, and that is a huge price to pay for the illusion of some control. In the wonderful old book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie, Carnegie calls living fully in the now, fully in the gift of today, living in daytight compartments. And I love that phrase. I think it's very helpful. Living in daytight compartments. Carnegie says, live fully in the now. Deal with today's troubles today. And when it's over, shut the door behind you. Seal it shut and move on to the next. Carnegie got this idea from submarines, which are constructed with a series of watertight compartments. Y'all know this. And they're made that way because if water rushes into one, the crew can seal that part off, and the water then won't fill the entire vessel and sink it and kill the crew. Carnegie says, live in those daytight compartments because no one can carry all of the regrets of yesterday and all of the worries about tomorrow. If we try to do that, it will sink us. Live in the now. 
Appreciate the gift of today, for as Jesus says, today's trouble is enough for today. And finally, friends, if we want to deal effectively with worry, Jesus says, focus first on God's kingdom and God's righteousness. He invites us to devote our our first thought of the day, our first prayer, our primary focus to God and God's kingdom and our place in it, our purpose in it, rather than thinking first about the future that we're worried about. If throughout the day we can gently correct ourselves and bring ourselves back so that our first thought is about God and God's kingdom and our purpose connected to that, that is another way that we can break this chokehold of worry. Now, I want to be clear about some stuff here. Jesus is not saying that if we put God first, think of God first, that we will get everything we wish or that it will turn out exactly as we wish. Jesus is not saying that if we think first of God's righteousness and trust in that, that God will step in and correct all of our mistakes or nothing bad will ever happen to us. We'll never suffer. We'll never be persecuted. And Jesus is not saying that we should ignore our need for food or take on some kind of passive stance in life. Remember, Jesus urges us to pray for our daily bread. And he never criticized an honest day's work, not ever. And Jesus is also not saying that the grass and the lilies of the field will live happily ever after. Remember, Jesus was a student of the Hebrew Scriptures. He knew them by heart. So he knew the words of the prophet Isaiah. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God endures forever. So, what is he saying here? Well, friends, I think he's saying that we, who do not determine our birth or our death, cannot control the future through worry. But if we will trust in God and his kingdom and his righteousness and attach ourselves to that, then we'll be attached to an eternal power and purpose. If our purpose every day is to keep the heart beating and the stomach ever expanding, eventually we're going to fail. But if our first concern is God and God's kingdom, living in the gift that God has given us, being concerned with our purpose as connected to God's righteousness, then we'll receive what we really need, which is not immunity from hunger and pain and death, but confidence in spite of those things. If we will trust in God first and put God first, well then... We have the confidence to live day by day in the assurance of God's grace, knowing we're never alone, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, really, I guess what I'm trying to say to you is that I don't think what we really need is control anyway. What we really need is confidence, and that is what we find through Christ. So, Are you struggling with worry in your daily life? Are you tired of wandering in that wilderness? Are you ready to follow God's path and get out of there? 
We'll then appreciate today. Live in it mindfully and fully for the gift that it is. Deal with whatever comes your day and, and, and shut that day-type compartment. Focus first on God and God's righteousness, your purpose and place there. Gently correct yourself each day to keep your mind there and you will have the confidence you need to live day by day no matter what happens. Look, we're never going to have control over everything. It's just not going to happen, no matter how much we worry. But if we will trust in God, if we put his righteousness first, then we'll get what we really need, which is confidence and peace. Let's pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for you know us so well. You understand how we worry, how we wish to control things, how we want everything to be okay in our estimation for ourselves and the people we love in our world. Lord, thank you for seeing that we act so oftentimes out of good intentions. And thank you for the mercy you show because you understand how worry can tear us up. Strengthen us and give us the courage to focus first on you and to appreciate today, knowing always that we can have confidence in your love for us. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.